0: Hello, everyone. My name is Deborah O'Dunui. I'm the Centralizer's digital editor, and welcome to the second episode of the Centralizer podcast. Today, I'm here with Miss Snyder. Ms. Snyder, would you like to introduce yourself?
1: Sure. Hi, everyone. It's Miss Snyder here.
0: All right. So, Miss Snyder, you are the roster chair for Central. Is that correct?
1: Yes, that is correct.
0: So, I'm sure a lot of people are curious now that the spring is coming up about subject selection so i wanted to ask you a few questions about it is that okay absolutely so first i'm sure a lot of people are curious about how rosters are made can you give us like a brief idea about that
1: sure so rostering is um a beast it is a very large undertaking um it has lots of components um but basically I create what's called a master schedule. So the master schedule is going to be a template or a layout of when all of our courses meet. So the main things that I always have to keep in mind are rooms, we have a very limited amount of rooms here. So the first thing I always do is I figure out what rooms are available in our building, who's gonna be floating in during certain periods, because even if a teacher has their own classroom, it's not really their own, because other teachers use it when they're not. So the first thing I consider is physical space then um, I consider balance so it's really important when I'm making a schedule that all ninth grade courses happen throughout the seven periods that all 10th grade courses happen throughout the seven periods so I consider balance like to make sure that they're evenly dispersed throughout the day to make sure that not all ninth grade math classes meet at the same time because that would create an imbalance in other places Another thing I really have to consider is lunch. Students hate first lunch and second lunch. And honestly, a lot of kids hate sixth lunch. Seems like most students really want either seventh or a middle of the day, third, fourth, or fifth. But unfortunately, if you overfill the middle of the day, the prime lunches, it creates imbalance throughout the schedule. That's why, and Mr. Kanageiser, um, the Centralizer sponsor, can speak to this, certain first period classes will be overfilled because I try to make it where less kids have first lunch, but what ends up happening then is more kids have to be in classes. So there's just a lot of basically complicated things I have to keep in mind. Then I make the master schedule. Then what I do is I run an automatic load. So I plug in one by one the master schedule. I use a computer program. It's the same thing you use, Infinite Campus. I run it. It takes about two days because it's thousands and thousands of student requests go in and then i get a percentage that percentage the closer it is to 100 percent means i did a really good job it's never good at first i'm lucky if i hit 60 percent then i go in and i look for issues did i mess up do i have two classes at the same time do i have two teachers teaching two different classes at the same time i fix my errors i run it again as the percent climbs up closer to 90, then I start hand rostering. I say, oh, uh, Ms. Snyder has an issue where she wants to take AP European history, but she also wants to take children's literature. Uh-oh, they only meet once per day and they only meet at the same time. I'm gonna have to email the student and figure out which one does she wanna take. So that's what we call a singleton error, meaning like classes overlap with each other. And that's what I do. So I do an automatic load first, and then I go in one by one and address every single issue. The toughest thing I have to work with as freshmen because of the half-year art and music electives because they never end up rostering right, and I basically have to do that by hand for 600 plus ninth graders. So I basically spend about 200 hours from May through end of august that's my biggest time that's when you'll notice i'm sending everyone emails during that like end of summer beginning of the school year time and that's kind of the process of roster right there in a nutshell
0: wow that sounds really complicated (laughs) it is so subject selection usually happens in the spring or late Mm -hmm. winter yep do you have an
1: idea of when it is for this year? I do. It's, I'm really glad we're doing this podcast because I just received information from the school district. They actually haven't made it public yet to all schools, but I am persistent and kept emailing what we call school organization. They run rostering and course selection for the district. Nothing has been published, so all these dates are tentative, but this is what I have so far. Um, it looks like the third week in February will be when they allow central students to pick their classes. Um, So based on that, I made a rough timeline and basically I will share information with students, basically um, a big subject selection guide. So a list of all the courses that we offer, anyone who's been here before, the process is gonna look exactly the way it did last school year. So students pick their own classes, Um, they use this larger subject selection guide, to decide what they want to take. Obviously there are courses you have to take each year. I very clearly write that out in this uh, course selection guide. Also in this PowerPoint that I'm going to share with students. um, It looks very similar to the one I shared last year. And then students will be able to have, you know, two weeks to really look at the guide, ask questions. And then once the portal opens, they will log on to the same place you log on to check your grades. So it's the student portal. And there'll be a button that shows up according to the timeline the district gave me it'll show up on February 13th they have been known to delay so if anything it will be later um it will be called academic plan you'll click it and it'll show your ninth grade 10th grade 11th grade 12th grade and students will select classes for the next year students are able to select any class that they're any class that they want that obviously fulfills the requirements they need to fulfill. You know, there are specific classes a 10th grader has to take. They have to take geometry. It could be honors, but they have to take geometry. They have to take English too. It could be honors, but they have to take it. So there are a lot of requirements that you have to fulfill, um, but students will pick those, um, hopefully in that third week of February. Um, and then what I do is then review it and start meeting with kids who either didn't complete subject selection Um, because I have a plan to meet with every single student at Central, um, basically I set aside three days in in February. I'm gonna meet with uh, current 11th graders, so incoming seniors on Tuesday, February 7th. I'm gonna meet with current 10th graders, so incoming 11th graders um, on February 8th, and current 9th graders, so incoming 10th graders on February 9th. I'm gonna meet with every single student. I'm actually gonna do it through Zoom I did it that way last year. So basically your English or social studies teacher will log on to my Zoom, I will present, and I'll do that seven periods in a row. So I hit every single student at Central High School and I'll do that for three days. That's gonna be where I explain the process, where I show a detailed PowerPoint. Um, And because students will have seen that, I anticipate a very low number of students not completing subject selection. Last year, I think we were over 90% of our kids did it when they were supposed to. But afterwards, I run a report, I work with Miss Glenn, who's also in the roster office, and we find all the kids who didn't do it. Or we find the students who picked the wrong class. Like we'll have a 10th grader who picks, you know, IB Higher Level Math, or AP Calculus BC who never took Geometry. Obviously, they can't take that course. There are blocks in the system where it it won't let you pick certain courses, but they're not perfect. So sometimes there are, are ways students will get you know they'll pick classes they aren't actually qualified to take but that the i what the district has promised me is that'll be the third week in february but it could always be pushed back but i'm still planning on addressing all the students that ended that first week in february regardless if it gets pushed back to march
0: so for the class of 284 which i'm a part of a big issue about subject selection for us is the debate between going into the IB program Mm -hmm. or just taking more AP classes. Mm -hmm. Can you give us a rundown of IB and AP?
1: Sure. So both are excellent. There is no path at Central that is better or superior to the other. The way I like to explain it, it's really the decision should come down to your learning style. What are you looking for your class and your experience to look like? Both AP and IB are great classes, they're challenging, they emphasize similar skills, writing, reading, analysis. The difference is IB is a holistic program, meaning it is not a la carte, you cannot pick and choose. So if you are a student who is super specialized, I love science, I wanna be a doctor, I want all my classes to be skewed towards the science and I want a more relaxed, English and social studies class, IB is not for you. Because if you sign up and do the IB program, you have to take all of your classes at that IB level. So if you're super specialized, I do not recommend IB. IB should be for someone who wants a more well-rounded experience. Both are equally great. But if you're someone who, I'm a robotics student, I love science and I really want this experience, I don't recommend IB. Because you're gonna have to take IB English and IB history so that's the first way I try to decipher what the best fit is for you the second fit is going to be what do you want your actual class to look like IB you're going to cover less content in more depth so on an IB exam there is no multiple choice it's all writing analysis Um, we do recorded orals more projects less tests You're going to spend more time diving deep. AP, you're going to cover more content. The textbooks are bigger. You're going to cover more content more quickly, and you're going to spend less time going deep into a lot of the topics. Both are really equally valuable ways of learning. It just depends on kind of what you are looking for. I will say our kids typically are very skilled at deciding the right path for them very rarely do i find a kid who says i really think i made the wrong choice the good news is if they do make the wrong choice we have an add drop window and we have the ability to alter our decisions you know i always tell students you really can't go wrong um but you do want to talk to people around the building it's important to like talk to uh, other students who take these classes to get a sense you know What I don't recommend for either AP or IB is if you're a student who has never taken an honors class, right, let's say you're sophomore year, you're in all of our standard classes, that's wonderful. I want you to be thoughtful before picking classes. If you're going from no honors classes to three or four AP courses or the IB program, that is going to be a very, very challenging transition in terms of increased workload, increased stress, So it's something you just want to make sure you talk about, you think about before you make that decision. A lot of students do make that jump. And they're, I mean, a lot of students, they go from that to a really rigorous schedule and they're okay. But I just recommend that students think about it before they just sign up for every upper level course that we offer. Um, Because it's hard. These classes, you get more weight because they're more work. That's, you know, part of the game.
0: All right. So due to time, this is going to be my last question, Okay. which is just a general question of do you have any advice, especially for the freshmen, Mm -hmm. since this is their first time going through subjects selection? Yeah. Do you have any general advice leading up to the period?
1: So I um, would tell them to take a breath and relax. Um, The good news is changes can be made. It is not set in stone. So let's say you pick your classes and before the end of the year, you change your mind. It's very easy. All I need is an email or a stop by. I originally selected I wanna take um, AP Physics 2, but I realize I'm struggling in AP Physics 1 and I don't wanna take that course. It takes me about 15 seconds to alter someone's course plan. So while it gets locked out for students, I always have access to it. It never goes away. So there's just no reason to panic. Yes, you wanna think about it. You wanna be thoughtful, read the course selection guide, but it is not set in stone, it can be altered. And if anything, this year is the easiest time for me to alter it. When it becomes challenging is after ad drop, next school year, once you're already in the classes. But before students start the classes, it takes very, very little amount of time for me or Miss Glenn to change it. So, you know, do your best, think about it, be considerate, but realize like there's no reason to stress out to the point where there are kids who make themselves sick i don't know what to take i i can't believe i have these options just it'll be okay pick what what really stands out to you and if you want to change it there are many opportunities to change it
0: all right well that should be everything thank you miss Snyder, for being here you've been a really big help about letting all the students know about subject selection so this is me deborah signing off have a good day everyone